0: So yeah, so I guess our intro bit was uh, gonna be that I was right, and the Mario movie is almost technically fresh. It's Wahoo! like two. Yep. Woohoo! Yippee! Uh, yep, it's like uh, like two percent away. Last I heard, from getting to that sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes critical rating that it needs to be to be fresh technically.
1: Here we go. It's
0: I mean, it, it, it it's yeah, it's a low stakes, dumb, silly movie, but you know, people like it. It is if it, it might have already hit a billion. I know it just opened in Japan and Korea, Mamma Mia, over the last weekend. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's probably over a billion dollars now, um, and I'm excited because that means that uh, there's going to be more video game movies, and maybe and Nintendo movies specifically. So, hopefully, uh, we finally get, I mean, a Zelda movie seems certain, a Mario sequel seems certain, um, Donkey Kong wouldn't surprise me, uh, I would like Star Fox or Metroid or F-Zero, or all of the above, I don't know if Nintendo cares enough about those franchises to do it again, I could see them doing Fire Emblem, but that, I don't know, I don't care. I'd say it's more. It would be more of a Japan thing if it came out, but it, it does have international appeal now. So I don't know.
1: So long, Gay Bowser. Hmm. That that's my that's my opening joke. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 there you go. Yeah, just Mario quotes. Yeah, oh. and then a very low and seductive, and uh, not at all seductive, <laughs> just. Very sickly. Um, I thought we weren't foam. acknowledging that. No, well, I did, so shut up. Okay. Um, the streak is broken. The audience knows your secret. I mean, they would have figured... I mean, they've already figured it out. I, I didn't go two minutes without golfing. Mm. Um, hey, guess what? It's like every fourth episode. I feel like dog shit, but I'm here, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I've been exposed to a lot of people with colds, and I've been, like, dosing up on vitamins pretty heavily, which seems to be keeping it at bay so far. Like, last week, I thought it was finally gonna hit, because my throat was starting to tighten up, but then it... I don't know. I took enough zinc, that it seems to have stopped that.
1: Um, I just got back from a trip to Texas, and now I have a sinus infection or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traveling to different regions and getting their
1: regional diseases yeah but I didn't I didn't need steroids this time mm. <laughs> to to go to sleep so that's nice yeah no <laughs> you, ever just, rage. you ever just say all of your afflictions out loud and feel sorry for yourself <laughs> um most times I get sick yeah 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 it sucks um, but at least people like the Mario movie. <laughs> mm.
0: Yep. Nope, you get your deep, sexy voice this time for this episode. Yeah. As we discuss some stuff, I guess. I don't know. Neither of us really has that many topics. It um, makes me
1: horny. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this is not going well.
0: No, um... Yeah. So. um sh- So okay. I mean, we're we're probably gonna be talking. To we'll we'll go off on a tangent at some point, and that'll be the episode. Uh, but going into it, let's see. You watched another thing for your Disney project. I watched it too because I had nothing better to do. Um, yeah. I watched yeah, yeah. it. I mean, I was playing Metroid Prime Remastered again while doing it, so I missed half of it, but. It doesn't seem like I missed much anyway.
1: If it was the Except Mr. Toad for, half, it's okay.
0: <laughs> I, I was playing it through the whole thing. Because, you know, I was trying to get 100% items on this. But, yeah, the Mr. Toad half... So we watched Ichabod... Uh, let's see, what what's the... It, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? It's something,
1: something like is, that. It doesn't matter. Because it,
0: it was two separate, like, 30-minute cartoons that they made. And then they put together into a movie. Because this was the era of Disney... Making you know a series of cartoons and then compiling them into a movie. Yeah, Um,
1: they they tried the fairy tale and folk story thing, and then they went to just making cartoons, and then they were like, "This sucks. Let's go back to the fairy tale thing."
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. It's like they did features, and like, ah, it's more budget efficient if we break it up into parts. uh but no, it it just doesn't. It's not as interesting. Um. So yeah, so it's Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Mr. Toad being the title character from The Wind and the Willows, which I've never read, um, and Ichabod being the title character of Sleepy Hollow, which I've also never read. I don't even know if that's a book or if it's like a folk story or what the original Sleepy Hollow is. I
1: think think it's like a short story. I I forget when it was made. I haven't, I haven't actually read it since high school, Mm. um, yeah, so my
0: half-watched layman summary of these two adventures is that... Uh, so Mr. Toad's story is that he is like a crazy daredevil who... blow. He somehow has a mansion, but blows all of his money on whatever stupid crazy thing comes along, and right now he really wants a car. Um, so he and I didn't even see, I I read a wiki summary after this to fill in some of the gaps because I wasn't paying attention at all. He steals Um, a car
1: and goes to jail, but it turns out he he didn't steal the car.
0: Yeah, he, he, he spends a lot of time on trial, be, you know, he's accused of stealing a car, but he says, actually, I didn't steal the car, I traded the deed to my mansion to get this car. But the guy who sold it to him is a con man. Um... And so, yeah, he goes to jail, and then his friends bust him out by dressing him in drag, and then there's a big chase scene that goes on for a while, and then, yeah, he gets his car, and I guess he gets tired of it, because then, flash forward to the future, and now he's got a plane, because that's the latest stupid thing that he can, you
1: know, potentially hey Jade, kill just, himself with. I just realized something. Mm. The cars on the road are making the frickin' frogs gay. <laughs> Oh no. Because <laughs> you said he was dressing in drag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There we go. There's some timely Alex Jones. Yep. Uh, for all of our <laughs> Alex
0: Jones fans out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at least one of you are crazy right wing right wing conspiracy theorists.
0: So. One of the like ten people who listen to this show who's somehow stuck around for 230 episodes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if if somebody is a crazy conspiracy theorist, um, they might stick around and just have some kind of weird idea that we control the world or something.
0: Mm. Yeah, that that would be crazy. Um,
1: I, I can't. I can't even control my nasal passages. <laughs> mm. So,
0: so then the Ichabod half is uh, so Bing Crosby as Ichabod Crane and it actually is his voice but also the design is just a caricature of him he's got like big ears and blue eyes uh is you know he's moved into this new england town and all the women love him and he's got a crush on this one girl but the local town bully also has a crush on the girl so he is looking for a way to fuck with ichabod And discovers that Ichabod is superstitious, so he sings a big song about uh, the headless horseman who will come and steal his head if he wanders through the woods of Sleepy Hollow. And then, uh, so he's riding home, and the horseman shows up and chases him, and he runs across a bridge that he thinks he'll be safe, but then the horseman throws his pumpkin head at him, and all they find is a hat. But then rumor has it that actually he's still alive somewhere. But maybe he's not. I don't know.
1: The end. <laughs> very, very um, utilitarian storytelling magic. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
0: that is a mix of me half watching this while playing Metroid and also reading the wiki summary. But it's your project, so what do you have to say about these uh, two it's, movies?
1: It's, it's a very good retelling of uh, Sleepy Hollow. Because all the, all the three major characters are kind of just douchebags, mm. uh, and that's a that's a thing in the original story that I remember. because um, Ichabod in this one, I don't remember in the original, but um, he half likes um, what's her name, Katrina, and yeah, he he's half in her just because her dad is rich and owns a farm, and. I don't know, probably a ton of slaves, but it's Disney, so we're gonna ignore yeah. that one. Yeah, they uh, left
0: that out of this animated feature, at least. They're, they were saving it up for Song of the South. <laughs> oh,
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and, uh, Brom is just kind of a big muscle-headed asshole who yeah, can't stand it, doesn't get what he wants. Yeah. He he really is. <laughs> Like, the, the mannerisms and everything. Um, and Katrina is just really liking the attention from two different guys, even though they're, like, about to kill each other <laughs> every other mm. day. Yeah. Um, so she she doesn't pick either of them. She just leaves both of them along and encourages their fighting. Um, yeah, and then there's the really cool sequence at the end. The uh, Headless Horseman chase scene, which is very fun. Um, maybe a little too slapsticky, uh, but whatever. It's, I don't know, still yeah, 1940s yeah, Disney?
0: Yeah, it's an early cartoon, so they got to do cartoon stuff.
1: Yeah. I do, I do think it's neat how they, they drop the whole uh, Ben Crosby narration For the sleepy... Or the um, horseman scene. Because Mm. it it is a horror scene. Having this smooth-voiced man uh, (laughs) narrate over it would be pretty disappointing.
2: Mm.
1: Instead, it just turns into the Snow White running through the dark forest uh, scene for a few minutes. Um, But yeah, I really like the Sleepy Hollow one. Mr. Toad's kind of just... It's all right. Mm. I didn't realize before that that's where the weasels from Who Framed Roger Rabbit come from. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Like I thought they looked familiar when I saw them. Yeah, they don't. They don't talk in Mister Toad though. They they talk in Roger Rabbit though, which is interesting. I guess. Hmm. Um. But yeah, that's it. It's it's fun. It's all right. I, I like the end of uh, the Ichabod one, but the rest of it is just kind of eh.
0: Yeah, and I think after that is what Cinderella. When
1: yeah, get Cinderella's just,
0: next. When we get back to the
1: like actual theatrical features. Yeah, I think it's like Cinderella than Peter Pan or something. I'll mm. have to see Sleeping Beauty somewhere around there. I think that could oh, be
0: wrong. Yeah, actually, that reminds. I was I thought about watching it and then I forgot um when when i went to go watch ichabod and mr toad that was on friday and that was when they they, disney just did a new live action peter pan it's on disney plus and i saw it there and i thought oh i should watch that after and then i got to the end of the movie and i forgot so i haven't seen it and it's probably bad because it's a disney live action Version of one of their animated things, although I don't think it's the first time they've done a live-action Peter Pan because no. everybody does live-action Peter Pans. It's a public domain story, and you can do that. Um, but yeah, I I thought about watching it, and then I didn't.
1: I mean, why would you make a, a live-action Peter Pan when Hook Hook exists? Mm. Just watch that one.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's future Peter Pan where he's sad because yeah. he's an adult. Yeah.
1: It's got Robin Williams and he's awesome. Yeah. And it's got fucking Zuko. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all the Disney talk. Yep. <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, so that's Disney stuff. I, like, a week and a half ago finished three. Because se- Mandalorian season three wrapped up. Picard Season 3 wrapped up, and also I binge-watched the rest of the Mike Tyson Mysteries, which is, you know, it, it's all just, you know, goofs and like, random silly crap happening every episode. But the final episode, uh, Mike Tyson accidentally kills God, so, um, yeah, I remember that part.
1: So, is Mike Tyson uh, a JRPG protagonist? Because that's what it sounds like.
0: Kind of. I mean, so, like, the last episode, um, Marcus, or, you know, the, the the character's name is the Marquis de Gooseberry, but... Um, it's the,
1: the gay ghost.
0: Yeah, he's a gay ghost, and they call him Marcus, because nobody knows how to pronounce Marquis. Um, and, yeah, so he is invited by these buff angel dudes to become an angel and ascend to heaven. And so he has, you know, a goodbye with everyone. He goes up an escalator to heaven, and um, when he gets there, the you know, it's like God is there, and they say like, you can't look directly at God, otherwise you'll die because he's too, you know, powerful, too glowing and beautiful to ever you know be seen by anyone's eyes. So you know, he has, yeah, he like averts his eyes, and then Mike, uh, I think, just really forgot he was gonna you know ask marcus about something so he runs up the escalator to heaven and the, everyone's like mike you got to close your eyes you can't look directly at god so he does but his gold-plated teeth um as he's talking god sees his own reflection in mike tyson's teeth and god explodes <laughs> from seeing himself so god dies wow. and, then, and marcus comes back with Mike to the, the gang, and they're, like, riding off in the van as, like, ashes raining from the sky because God is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the series ends.
1: He remains dead.
0: Yep. <laughs> God is dead, and uh, Mike Tyson has killed him.
1: I mean, if anybody was gonna do it, he's, like, top ten on yeah. the list, right? Yeah. But it wasn't in a boxing match, it was just, oops, his teeth are too too shiny yeah imagine if mike tyson killed god in the ring though that would be that would be amazing
0: mm. yep I... so so i finished that show uh picard season three it uh, was good i mean i'm not too keen on the, the um twist reveal in the second to last episode that the borg were behind everything like, I know they did some stuff to set that up, but it just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, and I'm, I'm so sick of the Borg. But, aside from that, it, it was, you know, good. Like, a good mix of, like, doing the nostalgic stuff, but making it make sense in the plot of the episode, and, like, the series. Um, you know, it's like all the characters are back from Next Generation, but they all have reasons to be back, it's not just they're back um and it, it, it was it was good uh it was a good season i have not seen season one or two and my understanding is i shouldn't because they're bad but season three is good
1: <laughs> what a what a way to watch a show Just mm. start it well i mean that's what they say about next generation though right like the, yeah, the season I mean, sucks. season two's got some good episodes, but uh, yeah,
0: usually people say season three is where it starts getting good. <laughs> and with this show, like, each season has its own, like, story to it anyway. You know, th- there's some characters who cross over from se- one season to the next as it's moving forward in time, but each season is kind of a self-contained story.
1: So it's like an anthropology.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> an anthology with people in it, I guess, would be an anthropology.
1: The, the silence was exactly what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, the, the silence was me trying to figure out what the right joke <laughs> is to dunk on your misuse of the, you
1: know, word. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm having fun right now, but after this is over, I'm just gonna crash and go back to bed.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um.
1: So okay, so Mandalorian season three,
0: uh, finished up, and.
1: Goku I, dies.
0: Nah. Well, I mean that that would be something. Um. Okay. Let's see what what happened. Do I remember? So, um, so
1: it's, la- it's not like Clanad where like the whole show is like this one guy learning to find something to live for because he gets a wife and a child, and then the wife dies <laughs> and the child dies. So he's left with nothing but character development in his life. Mm, no, okay, sp- let's see. Um,
0: s- spoilers so sp- for Clannad. <laughs> Let me try to remember what happens in the entire season, just in general. Okay, so season starts off where... You know, okay. So, Book of Boba Fett came along in between seasons two and three, and had the whole thing with Luke training Grogu and Grogu deciding he'd rather go back with his Mandalorian dad. Um, so, yeah. So, the, and then, and Mandalorian got a new cool ship to make up for his ship that blew up in season two. So, he's got an N one starfighter, where Grogu can ride in the droid seat. And um, and Grogu decides to go back to him. So, yep. So we start off there. Um, and also, he's been told he needs to go bathe in the waters... In the living waters of Mandalore. Down in the mines of Mandalore. But he can't do it because the planet is too toxic. Or something. Because uh, there's
1: a Balrog waiting for him.
0: I mean, kinda. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, but no, they just they think it's too toxic because the whole planet got nuked by the Empire. Um, so they're telling him, like, well, you can't be part of our club anymore because you took your mask off. Um, but if you go bathe in these waters and, uh, you know, prove that you did it, then uh, you can come back. Uh, so he's like, okay, I'll go do that. Uh, So
1: he he takes a
0: naked selfie, just with his helmet on, in the pool. (laughs) 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 Um, So, okay, so then he uh, goes, so he's like, well, okay, if the planet is toxic, I'm gonna need some help getting there. So he goes back to Navarro, uh, where Carl Weathers is now, like, the mayor, and uh, everything is peaceful and stuff. And, um, he's like, I need you to rebuild IG-11 because even though he melted and exploded, uh, there's still, like, more than half of his body somehow still left. Uh, including, like, his torso and his head, even though the bomb was in his chest and it should have blown up his whole body, but whatever. Um.
1: Was that Taika Waititi robot?
0: Yeah, the one from season one. They've built a statue in his honor using his remaining parts, and then they just like, use bronze to fill out like the legs and the arm that are missing. Which but, is your
1: favorite Taika Waititi robot? Is it the one from uh, Star Wars, or is it the one from Venture Brothers? I don't remember the one from Venture Brothers, so I guess it'd be
0: <laughs> the one from Star Wars. Okay, <laughs> I, I agree, but I, I would put Korg above
1: um, the, the IG Eleven at least. Okay, well, I mean he's he's not a he's not a robot, but he is a rock man, which is yeah. Like half robot, I guess. Yeah, um, he's technically
0: made of metal. Yeah, so so he has them rebuild IG11, but it turns out, you know, the the memory chip or whatever doesn't remember all of his character development from season one. So he's back to an assassin droid, and he's trying to kill Grogu. So they shut him down, and so then he has to go back to Peli, and uh, she gives him R5. Um, who I still, in my heart, believe is Skippy, the Jedi droid, but um, he's technically <laughs> not in new canon. He's just that droid with the bad motivator. Um, but, Same. Yeah. I mean, it was actually a good motivator, and he blew it up to with the Force to uh, prevent the dark timeline in which R2 didn't meet Luke. Um, Same. So, yeah. Um, so, okay, so Mando then... On the way to Mandalore, stops by um, whatever-the-fuck planet. Um, uh, what's her name? Um, Mandalorian lady. Uh, Bo-Katan. He stops oh. by bo castle, and is like, Hey, I need to go to Mandalore. Uh, you want to tag along, I guess? And she's like, No, the planet's toxic. And also, um, since I lost the Darksaber... And you got it, because you're the one who beat Moff Gideon. All of my Mandalorian friends have abandoned me. They they all, you know, they said, like, well, you're not fit to lead, I guess. So we're just going to take this ship that we hijacked at the end of Season 2, and we're going to go off and be mercenaries without you. So she's just moping around her castle now. Um, But, yeah, so Mando and Grogu and um, uh, R5... Go to Mandalore and discover, hey, it's not toxic after all. I guess the radiation wore off or whatever they thought was wrong with it, because you later but find out that there's people who've been living here this whole time, so I guess it wasn't The ate yeah. all
1: the radiation, as yeah. they do. Yeah. It's lore now.
0: Yeah, I mean, the planet is still like a post-apocalyptic wreck. You know, all the, city, the domed cities are like cracked open, and all the buildings are just trashed, and there's like mutants and shit living here. Um, so it's fallout. Yeah, but, so, you know, they they start exploring the city, trying to find their way to the caves, and then Mando gets, like, knocked out and grabbed by this weird, like, robot spider mutant thing, uh, which looks, I, personally, I think it's an homage to Phil Tippett, the guy who did, uh, I talked about it, like, a couple months ago, um, uh, the, that, like, stop-action horror movie, um, yeah. He, the guy who did the creature effects for original star wars he did like a stop action horror hell movie yeah and mad god or yeah, something. yeah mad god yeah. yeah and this mutant looks like something out of that it like hooks mando up to this machine where it's like pumping his blood out of his body um but he wow. gives grogu <laughs> he, he sends grogu uh, to go back to the ship uh to go f- somehow grogu manages to fly the ship alone Back to Bo-Katan uh, to let her know that he's in trouble. And then somehow he's still not dead by the time Grogu flies to another planet. It gets bo and then the two of them come back. Um, and bo using the Darksaber, saves him and uh, kills the mutant thing. And um, and then leads him to... you know, Now that she knows, oh, the planet's not toxic after all, I guess uh, I can walk around here at least. Uh, leads him to the living waters uh, pool down in the caves and he goes to go walk into the pool and bathe away his sins or whatever and discovers oops it's deeper than I thought and he sinks like a rock and he's gonna drown Uh, but then she dives down and saves him and brings him back up and on the way back up happens to glimpse the mythosaur which is the big (laughs) dinosaur thing whose skull appears on the Mandalorian symbol uh, turns out one of them is still alive and was awakened by all the capons. Um but it's just lurking underwater there it doesn't actually do anything even by the end of the season it's just, it's there um, I love that name yeah, yeah I want to say the name comes from, I don't know if it was actually spoken, but I think it's a creature from uh, the holiday special that it's the thing that he was riding on in the holiday special is the mythosaur um but
1: uh, i think uh, your are is down okay. yeah i put it up but i moved my mouse so uh, whatever okay. uh, that would be awesome if that was the one thing that survived <laughs> i mean that's the um, only segment of that holiday special that you can
0: watch on disney plus i think is that boba fett cartoon
1: I wonder why.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, I guess they couldn't license, I I don't know, the music? Or the old comedians?
1: or I don't
0: know. There's got to be some rights issue or something with the rest of the holiday special, I guess.
1: Maybe George Lucas put it in the contract when he sold. <laughs> mm. the, the holiday special has to stay buried.
0: Yeah, you're not allowed to expose everyone to the... Um, the part where Chewbacca's grandpa jacks off to a hologram. <laughs> 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 um, but, so, weird. Okay, so, yeah, so now they know. So he's bathed in the waters, um, and she's. Bo Katan has also technically bathed in the waters because she had to dive in and save him. So they go back to the Mandalorian encampment on Got whatever planet organic. it is that they're on now. Also, I forgot to mention, the first time they went to that encampment to basically rehash the information we gotten from season or from season 2.5 uh book above effects um they, they had to go there earlier so they could rehash the information about how he needs to go bathe in the waters or whatever and when they did that um there was also an action scene because they were doing like a you know helmeting ceremony for a kid mandalorian um out by the you know riverside of the their cave or whatever and uh, the kid gets attacked by a giant alligator thing so they have to fight off the alligator thing so when they come back here for him to explain like yes i've bathed in the waters and i can be part of your club again um the same kid is trying to do his same ceremony again and gets scooped up by a pterodactyl um and they all fly after it with jetpacks, and they're like, oh no, our jetpacks ran out of fuel, we can't reach it, uh, we lose so many kids this way, because we're fucking <laughs> stupid. But, um... <laughs> yeah, that, that's like a plot point, that they're like, uh, so, you know, whenever this thing flies off, we can never reach it with our jetpacks, because it flies too far. Which means it's probably stolen a few kids. And this only like, 24 people in this (laughs) encounter, they keep losing (laughs) Yeah, so, so then Bo-Katan's like, well, I've got a ship, so let's get a bunch of people together on this ship, and we'll go fly after it, and find its nest, and get the drop on it, and yeah, they got their action rescue scene, and it turns out the kid is actually the son of the Gatling gun guy, Paz Vizsla. G-G-G. And also, because bokaton did technically bathe in the water so like hey uh if you don't take your helmet off from here on out you can be part of our club too and for some reason she agrees to it i guess she's just really lonely because all of her other friends left her um yeah my friends left me so i'm joining a cult yeah so uh and then somewhere in there there is like a detour episode where it has like nothing to do with mando or The Mandalorians at all. It's um, about Dr. Pershing from Season 1, the scientist who didn't want to kill Grogu. Um, he has become a New Republic citizen, but since he's a former imperial, there's this whole kind of political thing going on where it's like he's a you know, former ex-Nazi scientist who's trying to be part of society but there's all these like hoops and difficulties he has to get through meanwhile a bunch of other former imperials are like trying to get him to help them out with some like shady stuff that they're doing um and then he ends up he gets like framed for something and then uh this you know former imperial person like they're doing like a they end up sentencing him to this like machine that will just, I don't know, like remove his short term mem. I, it's some kind of mind warping machine thing, and then this imperial lady comes by and just like turns up the juice and fries his brain. Uh, is it because... a giant
1: octopus? Because that is. No. Has...
0: <laughs> it, it's like a mechanical version of the giant octopus from Rogue One, I guess. Okay. Um. But wait, wait, wait on a,
1: a small side tangent. Yeah. why do people like rogue one <laughs> uh because it's serious i, I guess yeah,
0: yeah. because it, it has very little force or magic stuff like there's the one mystic guy but otherwise it's probably you know as star wars things go it's pretty grounded yeah and i assume that's what people like about it is you you feel like it's you know a more serious war story because it doesn't have the silliness of jedi or lightsabers.
1: Yeah, that that's not the bad part of star wars <laughs> anyway mm. uh we can move on we don't need to get off in the weeds that far
0: yeah i mean i still don't like rogue one but I, I you know i do think and you know the thing people saw in rogue one i see more in andor like andor is a better interpretation of that like serious take on star wars and the politics of star wars yeah um, which is the thing like
1: everybody dies
0: yeah like this one episode of mandalorian season three tries to do that but it it's not as good it's not like as smart as andor it just kind of feels like some conspiracy bullshit um but the lady who fried his brain it turns out is working for moff gideon who last we saw at the end of season two had been arrested but over the course of the season you find out actually he's broken out like he uh you know, his prison transport thing, you know, I don't know, like, arranged for people to come kill his captors and rescue him. So, um, yeah. So that that's, like, a a plot going on in the background of the season is Moff Gideon uh, escaping prison. And, uh, let's see, there's, like a, there's some fun, like, you know, one-off episodes, uh, the, this one where... Jack Black and Lizzo are like, the <laughs> king and queen of a former imperial colony that's mostly run by droids while everyone else lives in luxury. But it turns out some of the droids are like rebelling, so they send Mando to investigate and um find out that actually uh let's see, who who was is... It, it it's the the security officer there's like a, a mystery noir thing but it's like a fun mystery noir thing where it turns out the security guy played by um christopher lloyd uh christopher lloyd is playing this like security guy who Excuse is me? yep christopher lloyd jack black and lizzo all cameo in one one-off episode of mandalorian
1: season three okay, uh, i mean i guess just, it's it's not weirder than brian Posehn in episode one but
0: okay mm. Yeah, or, uh, what's it, the, um, comedian guy from season one and two of Mandalorian?
1: Bill Burr? Yeah. Oh, he's not in season three? No. That's disappointing.
0: Yeah, no, maybe they're saving him for something else, but, um, but yeah, no, oh, also, the whole Navarro plot thing, uh, Navarro is having problems with these pirates who used to, uh, frequent there when it was a seedier place and they're led by like a swamp thing looking pirate guy who gets pissed off when mando shoots some of his guys who were you know trying to rough up some people um and so that ends up leading to uh let's see so um katan you know tracks down our old group and mando convinces them like hey she saved my life using the dark saber therefore I am indebted to her, therefore the dark side saber is hers, so technically, you know, whatever bullshit narrative you need to justify having it. She's got it again, so she's in charge again. And then she fights the guy the other group's leader, just to, you know, affirm, like, yes, I can kick your ass, therefore I should be in charge. Um chain of command. So Panther rules. Yeah. Yep. So she she's in charge of that group again. Um I think actually before that. So, like, she had been integrated into Mando's cult. Um, but then the armorer, just out of nowhere, is like, uh, just go ahead and take your helmet off. Um, actually, it'd be more important if you could unite all of our split-up groups now that I know that we can go back to Mandalore, rather than following this, you know, stupid helmet rule that we came up with. Um... So yeah, I mean, after like an entire season of her making Mando go bathe in waters that she didn't think he could get to, she just kind of gives up on that. Just out of nowhere, she's like, "Yeah, go dumb. Yeah, go ahead, take your helmet off. You know, you're uh, an actress. We paid a lot of money to be here, so you should probably show your face." Um. So. Yeah, so she is yeah, she gets to take her helmet off and she's told, you know, go track down your old group and then you you can lead a united Mandalore. Um and it's, you know, time we stopped all fighting each other and go fight Moff Gideon instead. Um and you know, go reclaim Mandalore the planet. So, yeah, so she goes and gets her group back. She's got the dark and everything. Um and they all then go to Navarro, uh, which is under attack by these pirates, and, uh, they fight off the pirates, and so, um, uh, Carl Weathers is like, uh, yep, you can all stay here as long as you want, we'll, you know, give you a place to live. Um, but then, you know, they all decide they're gonna go retake Mandalore, so they all go to Mandalore, and, um, Find some more Mandalorians there who've just been living in the ruins and they revealed that in these like caves they've started planting some uh like ancient plants that had all died out even before Clone Wars times. So they've been, you know, regrowing the planet. Um but then it turns out that Moff Gideon's secret base, where his dark troopers and everything you know, came from, has actually been on Mandalore the whole time. Um, so, well, you know, not counting his ship from season two, but he, he has a secret base on Mandalore. Um, and so there's, yeah, like as they're exploring the ruins, they get attacked by Imperial troopers with jetpacks and there's, you know, jetpack versus jetpack fight. And, um,
1: I have a question. Yep. Does, does the empire base just so happen to be like five miles away from where the characters land on Mandalore? Um, I mean, it's fairly
0: close to the city ruins that they go to, yeah. Because okay. all the, the jetpack troopers show up at the capital city where they're exploring.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's all I wanted to know, is like, out of this entire planet, did they just so happen to be in the same spot?
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they do some driving around, but it does, it. you know, there's only so many places that they get to see. Um yeah. Okay. So then uh also we get to see Moff Gideon having like a conference call with a bunch of other imperials including uh General Hux's dad who is in charge of Project Rebirth or something. It, it it's something that's clearly he's working on the clone emperor thing. Um the Moff Gideon has also secretly been doing clone stuff which we later find out is he's making clones of himself that he is using Grogu DNA to try to give them force powers. Um, but then it was either Mando or bo One of them just sets to pull the plug on the whole thing and kills all of his clones in their clone vats. Um, and also we get to see general Pillion, who is Admiral Thrawn's best friend from the books. Um, And, yeah, he's, you know, being obtuse about, like, well, uh, Thrawn is our best hope for taking the Empire back, but we all have to wait because he's up to something secret and I can't tell you about it. Um, You find out more in Ahsoka and or the crossover movie that they're setting up for. Um,
1: Find out in the Thrawn TV series.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the Ahsoka show is going to lead up to it and then the movie project that Dave Filoni was just announced as working on is probably some iteration of Heir to the Empire as, you know, a Thrawn movie using you know, whatever characters they have available since, you know, they can't do the original novel version. They, you know, even if they, like, de-aged everyone, it just, it wouldn't work with the new timeline. Um, but You know, I guess they could do a Marvel thing. You know, like Civil War wasn't much of an adaptation of the Civil War comic book, but it still got the ideas. So they could do that with heir to the Empire, I guess.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, just just because you don't have character A saying line B doesn't mean it's not a an adaptation of a story.
0: Yeah, I mean, like they would probably take the loose concept of. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn decides that in order to rebuild the empire, he needs a new emperor-esque force power, you know, person who can like control forces using the force. Um, and in in the book, it was he tracks down this clone of a Jedi who's gone a bit crazy, and um, has like an alliance with him. And the clone Jedi guy wants, um, Leia's two newborn children to be kidnapped and brought to him so he can raise them as Jedi, um, which I guess it would, they could do that with, like, young Ben Solo, maybe, um, if they even want to follow the story that closely. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where they go. But, but anyway, for this season, um, so that they have their big fight, um, Moff Gideon also requests from the Imperial Council group that they send him some Praetorian Guards, you know, The which, when they show up, um, you know, when they go to confront him in his base, um, the Praetorian Guards are, like, halfway between Royal Guards from Return of the Jedi and the Praetorian Guards from Last Jedi. Um, you know, like, their armor, it, it looks a little closer to the classic trilogy ones, but they still have, like, all the weird weapons and stuff from uh, Last Jedi. So, um, yeah, th- there's three of those guys, and they, you know, kill Paz Vizsla, the heavy gunner guy, and then capture Mando while Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians make a retreat, but then double back and decide that actually they're, they're going to kill Gideon after all. Or at least bo is, I think. Because she runs into the rescue. Um, also, I forgot to mention, I don't know what what point. I think it was before, like after they rescue Navarro, but before they um, head to Mandalore. Grogu gets to pilot a mecha version of IG-11. Because they couldn't fix the memory chip thing. They turned IG-11's body into like power armor. The Grogu okay. gets to ride around in its chest and it has a yes and a no button because Grogu can't <sighs> talk. So when he's, you know, first riding around, it's just like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, and then when you know Mando's in danger, uh, and he's been like captured and stuff, Grogu comes in, you know, uh, metallic arms ablazing and just going, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'd like it. I'd like it if the no was the um, Revenge of the Sith, Darth Vader. No. Yeah. No. It's it's more
0: <laughs> robotish than that. Um, that sucks. Well, but, he is more yeah than man. <laughs> so he manages, you know, uh, with his robo body thing to distract the three Praetorian guards away into another room, while Bo-Katan rescues Mando, and then the. Uh, then Bo-Katan has a duel with Moff Gideon also Moff Gideon now has uh, Mandalore so I guess his his armor was never really explained what it was made of but I guess it's made of Beskar because you know he's been based on Mandalore he's got access to all their stuff so his his armor has been upgraded into like Mandalorian armor and he's got a Mandalorian helmet with the little spikes on it so I guess it's, like, one of the Darth Maul-era helmets. Um, and he's got a jetpack or jet boots or something. he He's, he's like, a cross between a Mandalorian and Darth Vader in his, like, outfit choices. Um, and, yeah, so he has, like, a one-on-one duel with Bo-Katan. Well, Din Djarin goes and fights off the Praetorian Guards to save Grogu after, like, Grogu's, you know... IG-11 body gets wrecked and he's just kind of running around on the ceiling to try to avoid yeah. getting killed. Um, wow. And then uh, so then the um, uh, other Mandalorian guy, uh, his, his name is Axe Woves. He's the the guy who Bo-Katan beat up to take control of the group again. Um, he manages like he, he's been piloting that Light cruiser that they had from the end of season two, and it's gotten pretty beat up from like getting shot up by tie fighters. So he brings the thing in for a crash landing in the middle of Moff Gideon's base. Um, does
1: he have a heroic sacrifice?
0: No, he jumps out the window and jetpacks
1: away. Okay, because th- that's the kind of character name you would expect to have a heroic sacrifice. It
0: it it felt like the kind of moment where he should have died, but I guess he's got a jetpack, so he could just jump out the window and jetpack, <laughs> and he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's fine, but he brings the ship in for a crash landing and, um, you know, like crashes, there's like flames everywhere. Moff Gideon is seemingly killed in a big fireball. Uh, Grogu uses the force to push all the flames away. So Mando and Bo-Katan don't die. And, um, you know, big magical force moment. And then, um, Yeah. So then then the season ends with Gideon seemingly dead. Um, Bo-Katan is leading a united group of these two tribes of Mandalorians on Mandalore to rebuild uh, their heavily destroyed city. Um, And Mando and Grogu retire to go be the sheriff of Navarro, living on the outskirts of town. You know, it, it really feels like... A series ending, except we know it's not, because Jon Favreau said even before it came out that he was working on scripts and ideas and stuff for season four, and also we know that there's this movie project that they're working on, so I guess it's not over, but it feels like it could be.
1: It, it like, I haven't seen the season, but it it sounds like it feels, like, so far away from season one of Mandalorian.
0: yeah. No, I mean, it, it kind of builds off, like, season two was about, you know, like, a mix of that dangling plot thread of, like, he wants to bring the baby back to his tribe, which he believes to be the Jedi, um, and while he's doing that, he's discovering all these other versions of what it means to be a Mandalorian, those Bo-Katan's group where they don't believe that helmet bullshit, and there's like Boba Fett, who's just an independent guy with a Mandalorian heritage, um, and season three is kind of building on that larger Mandalorian culture idea by how you know playing more into the the cult group and the the katan group and them teaming up to go take the planet back, but I don't know. It, it's the kind of thing. That, like, back when I was in high school and I was into the Mandalorian culture from the books, I would have loved to show it like this, um, but all of that was decanonized and I've accepted that, and I, I don't really care that much now. Like, it was fine, but it just, it, it, yeah, I don't know. And I think that's kind of where Star Wars has gotten in general that like most people just don't really care Like nobody's really talked much about this season. nobody's talked about this season nearly as much as they did about season one
1: i think i don't i don't think any new star wars things are like creating any kind of rabid star wars fan base yeah the same way the first two trilogies did
0: Yeah, like, I think, you know, like, season one of Mandalorian was a smash hit and continues to be a merchandise factory. Uh, You know, there's so much Mando and Baby Yoda stuff around. But seasons two and three haven't really caught on that much. You know, Boba Fett mainly gets attention because he's Boba Fett and he's always gotten attention for being Boba Fett. It's not that anyone really liked that show that much it's just hey we we came up with a slightly different design for boba fett and so we can keep selling boba yeah. fett merch um, we actually
1: let the actor act again yeah the even, kenobi was it wasn't.
0: <laughs> yeah like the the kenobi show was popular at the time it came out or at least you know i don't know people paid attention to it but it just kind of fell off the radar immediately. Um, Andor, i think has had an impact but you know it's not like a giant impact it's just like yeah that was actually
1: a good well good story with 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 andor that's that's the type of stuff i'm talking about like it's a good adult story yeah like it's it's not gonna you know inspire kids to buy all those new star wars books when they're 13 <laughs>
0: yeah it, it's not you know like the the kind of hit like you know the super mario brothers hit of like this hits a wide variety of audiences and gets them all interested it you know Andor is like a, an adult story for adults um and does a good job of that but yeah nobody's nobody's gonna go buy a shopping bag that's got cassie and andor's face on it it that's
1: that's not the appeal of that type of show can, can I be honest? Mm. I don't remember who Cassian Andor. Is. Uh, he's the lead character of Andor.
0: <laughs> well, also, yeah, he. I mean, he. It, it's Diego Luna. He's he's the bland protagonist it's... man from Rogue One who dies at the end, holding hands it's... with um, it... Jin Erso when the Death Star. He, he's the them. guy.
1: He's the guy who set up the like. Uh, morally gray implications of the Rebel Alliance, only to glorify the Rebel Alliance um, at the end of the movie.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he shot his Rebel friend. Oh no, how how awful! And then he just can, you know goes on to just be a good guy through the whole thing.
1: Yep. Yeah. See, that's that's like Zack Snyder style of uh, direction. Like, oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring up this thing. So everything is morally gray, but we're never, ever going to explore it.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: unless you count the Andor series, which does explore it
0: in in detail. Okay, good. Yeah, no, the Andor but... series is all about, like, the, the tough choices and the compromises necessary for a rebellion to succeed in the face of a, you know, this, like, tyrannical fascist power that's in control of everything and also you know like it gets into the psychology of like how does this this empire like maintain control over everything like what is their thinking process and you know how fucked up it is but also you know the rebels you've got you know like mon mothma's the idealist who you know wants you know peace and freedom but you know, she's having to work with people who are willing to blow shit up to make that happen, and she's not quite sure how to feel about that. Um, so that—that's you know the kind of stuff the Andor show gets into.
1: Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad it was explored like seven years later, yeah. at the very least. Yeah.
0: Yep. And I there's there's a second Rebel season of out. Andor coming next year, I think, which um like originally the plan was to do uh five seasons one for each year in between where Andor starts and where rogue one ends um but then you know the i think like the the director and the actor both said you know no we don't want to do that much uh so season two i think they said like each episode or couple episodes is going to be a year of andor's life so it'll be like time skipping a little bit but it'll still you know hit all whatever notes of progress they wanted to for showing this rebellion developing over time but
1: yeah i I mean see i'm i'm stuck between like oh the the recent trilogy didn't plan far enough ahead and oh they're planning pretty far ahead huh Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, I mean, my, my, my mindset is just.
0: Since the sequel trilogy weird. ended, they've kind of just been throwing a bunch of stuff out. And, like, Mandalorian has hit well enough that it's, you know, like, all the spin offs they do, or most of the spin offs they do, tend to tie into that. You know, you've got your one offs like Andor and Kenobi, and then you've got Mandalorian. In Book of Boba Fett was like a season 2.5 and Ahsoka seems like it'll be like a season 3.5. Yeah. And, yeah. And then there's going to be a movie, you know, big crossover culmination project that they're working on. And then, you know, they also announced that, like, prequel Origin of the Jedi movie that, who knows if that'll actually get made, but, you know, they're they're still just kind of aimless a little bit you know throwing out project ideas and seeing which ones actually happen
1: yeah we're gonna make a movie of every every era in star wars history um but maybe like four of them will be made
0: yeah so i mean like i guess the apathy toward star wars is is, um, like you know partly from just the aimless way they seem to be making new projects and and you know also more just because the projects haven't been that good for a lot of them yeah um you know i think like Mar there's a lot of apathy toward marvel these days too but that's more that you know, they just burned out on doing too much too fast and also a lot of it yeah. is you know, it's good it's not great it's just good
1: Yeah, there's nothing. There's not much special about the newest Marvel things of the past few years. Mm. Yeah. Aside from, like, Sam Raimi (coughs) doing Doctor Strange a little. Mm. I mean, I. (laughs) You know,
0: I liked Thor, Love, and Thunder in Ant-Man Quantumania, but, yeah, that's not the consensus.
1: Yeah, I mean. But even, like. Even Love and Thunder at its best is just like a a worse version of uh, <laughs> Ragnarok.
0: Mm. At least that's how I see
1: it. Yeah,
0: I mean it's got gore. It was it was you know fun new yeah.
1: element. Yeah, I mean gore is better than um. <laughs> it was it was. <laughs> Um, Hella. Okay, no, he he's not better than Hella. <laughs> uh, I take that. Type. I
0: don't know. I I like Gore better than Hella. Like Hella,
1: eh, I, I don't know. Hella's more fun, at, at, but
0: yeah, I I don't know. It's just some of the line reads for Hella when I watch them, it just feels off. I, I don't know. That's fair. Yeah.
1: I mean, she's she's a, a fun villain with weird murdery powers. Mm. She's fun because she gets away with things that other villains don't get away with, I guess. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, like Thor Ragnarok, I don't know, I think the the Grandmaster stands out more to me as a like fun villain than Hela.
1: Yeah, even though he doesn't really do much. Yeah, uh, I mean, like he's just like a weird villainy.
0: asshole who lives on a gladiator planet, yeah. but... But he's Jeff Goldblum, so yeah that's great. Where were we <laughs> uh breaking down why Star Wars doesn't seem that interesting
1: these days oh because it's because it sucks obviously it's always sucked mm. there, there's no good Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah these things don't make any money <laughs> yeah Star Wars has never been good. haven't you heard? Mm. <laughs> it's like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I never played Sonic Frontiers, but I've been watching the Game Grumps play it, and, like, what the fuck is going on with that game?
1: Yeah, the tone is so weird.
0: Yeah, it's like, well, you know, like, all the voices, even if they're the same actors, sound weird and wrong, and then, yeah, the tone is just this, like, weird, somber, like, it looks like I'm watching a Xenoblade Chronicles game, except Sonic the Hedgehog is the main character of it. Yeah. everything else is just like a weird desolate post-apocalyptic robo world but but also sonic and holograms of his friends
1: yeah it's i i guess it's just because the tone is so different from every other sonic game yeah
0: Uh, Yeah, i mean and like the music is you know that kind of it's
1: like sad orchestral music
0: yeah Yeah, that kind of Breath of the Wild, weird, mysterious, somber music.
1: Are you comparing Sonic Frontiers to Breath of the Wild? Are you that bold?
0: (laughs) I mean, in saying that it is clearly trying
1: to ape uh, Breath of the Wild, yeah. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) It's only been six years since that game came out. They couldn't have copied it that quickly.
0: Mm. Yep. And Breath of the I hate Wild Sonic Two <laughs> comes out in a couple weeks, and everyone's hyped. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll be good, and I won't like it just like the first one. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. I like mm. Mario a lot, so that was good. I was okay with it. Mm. Uh, so Jay, do you want to look up a tier list? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's why I figured this would probably be, like, a, a tier list episode. Like, yeah, I don't know. There, there was a new Magic the Gathering set. I guess it'd be, like, two weeks ago now. I think I talked about it two weeks ago. But I don't really have much to say about it. it yeah, it's fine. Um, no, it's either a tier list or Mad Libs.
1: I don't think I would survive a Mad Libs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Slander we talk about something to do with spider-man i guess i don't know spider-verse doesn't come out for another what month and a half i want to say it's june
1: yeah i can't keep up i i think it was may but it got delayed to june or something Mm -hmm.
0: is there a tier list for spider-man villains or did we already do that one
1: we might have i know we did batman mm. and there was some controversy
0: oh <laughs> wait no we did mcu villains because
1: yeah, i remember i rated do...
0: mysterio very highly on something but that would have been mcu villains not yeah. spider-man villains i mean i'll still rate him highly we could
1: do, we could do spider-man It'd
0: be in a different category um like spider-man i don't know it, it's got to be more than just the movies it's got to be like yeah some animated series ones Although we'll also have to establish um, how we're rating them, because that was one of the issues with the Batman one, of uh, are we rating them as much of how much of a threat they are to Spider-Man, or on how interesting they are as characters?
1: Just do it how much you like them. Yeah.
0: Like, I think you know, interesting as characters seems like a better fit than trying to break down authors' intentions of... Uh, what their power level is on Vegeta's scanner.
1: Is it over 9,000?
0: Probably not. These are Spider-Man villains. <laughs> They're all street level.
1: Um, who would be the strongest Spider-Man villain? Not including any of, any of them with, like, weird cosmic powers. Uh, Venom?
0: I mean, Venom's kind of a weird cosmic power. He just come from space.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, reality-shaping powers type stuff because that's, like, cheating. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably... You know, Venom Carnage and, you know, the symbiotes. Probably. Mysterio can be depending on the writer and how busted they want to go with what you can do with illusion magic. Um, Green Goblin's the most personal but most of the time he's just bombs and stuff sandman actually might be just because yeah. he is so unkillable
1: yeah the, i guess the logical extent of his power yeah. is uh the highest yeah i, I mean guess. like
0: sandman from the marvel zombies comics when he shoves his entire body into spider-man's mouth and explodes him from the inside yeah, I mean, I recognize a lot of these Spider-Man villains on this list, so I guess this would work.
1: Did they have the wall?
0: Uh, don't know yet. Let's
1: see.
0: It shows up. What
1: the Uh-oh. fuck? uh <laughs> Jay. Hello. Hey. Yeah. Welcome back.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that was. My Discord just suddenly went into the screen of like, oh, I'm... I'm loading or something. Stupid fucking thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I we'll see if the wall shows up on this list. I, I don't want to scroll through the whole thing because I'm doing it on my phone. Um, okay, well, well, let's see if I remember the names and if we have thoughts on any, any of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I won't bother to save the list at the end. This is just for discussion. Um, Anti-Venom. So-
1: Send, send me a link so I can look at them, because I might not know some of them by name.
0: Okay, uh, let me copy this and switch over. The first one it shows is Anti-Venom, who is like a white Venom. I haven't actually read or seen any stories with him, so I don't know uh, anything about him as person.
1: Not app- applicable, whatever.
0: Mm. Okay. <laughs> so ignore that one um beetle i think that that's what that one's name is it's you know there has been male and female versions so this is showing a female version it's a person with wings and bug-like eyes but
1: yeah, you know, it's just another person in a suit yeah is that is that the one from a story that you talked about a while ago i mean i think the female one was remember.
0: yeah i think she was in the, the one where they had like a sinister six but they're all female and they mostly complain about how girl villains don't get the like representation that boy villains do because i don't know it was it was a weird story that, like i couldn't tell like are are they trying to be progressive or are they trying to mock people being progressive I I feel like it's the latter. Yeah. Personally? Probably. I don't know. It, it was it a was I mean, weird I, and I, misguided thing that happened in the 70 issues of Spider-Man that I read just to find out what the fuck was going on with Kindred.
1: I mean, I, I think uh, Marvel Comics has a... Um, reputation for being quote-unquote woke so mm. it's probably meant to be the the former but yeah it comes off as the latter
0: yeah they just got so like r- ridiculous and dumb with it um yeah. big wheel s yeah <laughs> top tier silly boy big wheel um yeah. black cat is on here even though i don't she's not really a villain. She's not-
1: I, she's like an anti-villain kind of. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, uh, you know, she's in the same vein as Catwoman, but I'd say less often a villain than Catwoman.
1: Yeah, Because, I mean, Catwoman still like steals things and beats people up. Black Cat kind of just. I mean, I mean, she does. Yeah, steal steal things, things but she steals things and beats
0: people up, but also Spider-Man's more more okay with it. Usually, yeah, <laughs> his moral like Batman's moral compass is. He has to stop crime because of his trauma. Spider Man, um you know, just yeah. just mostly has trauma, I guess. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. acts on I have it. A and responsibility. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have a responsibility to save people's lives, but I don't care about these rich people's shit. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Go off, Queen. Yeah. Um Um i mean she's not a great villain but i like her as a character yeah like for for the the edgy uh peter parker um on again off again romance shit
0: yeah yeah i guess the movies have never really been able to continue long enough to have the moment where uh his current girlfriend dies or seemingly dies and then she comes in as the edgy new girlfriend
1: I love her in the Spider-Man Two game because uh, it pairs really well with um, Peter's uh, conflict in that one, where he doesn't he doesn't know whether he can be Spider-Man and Peter Parker at once. Um, so Black Cat kind of represents him being Spider-Man, like, full-time. It's, like, a a fun thing he can do to blow off steam.
0: Yeah. Like, she has Felicia Hardy as her civilian identity, but she really doesn't. Like, she is Black Cat first and Felicia Hardy second.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd put her in A, just because she's not a great villain, but she's a great character. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, like, it's cool in, like, Spectacular Spider-Man for the, the love triangle stuff you know like she doesn't really do she does like some flirting with him in that but there's you know he's already conflicted between like gwen stacy and mary jane in that show because like they're both around and then um and then black cat comes in later in the season as like another uh potential interest yeah Mm. spider-man
1: has too many love interests yeah
0: uh, yeah, and they won't let him settle down with any of them, because that's not relatable.
1: No. Well, not for more than a few years, anyway. Yeah.
0: Now, if, if they ever do they need to get amnesia or die, or, um, make a deal Cause... with the devil to break their marriage.
1: <laughs> spider jizz gives you amnesia. Yeah. Um, I don't recognize this next one. It's like
0: a dude in black uh... spandex with a spider on his face and white gloves. Guessing it's another version of Venom or something.
1: That's what it seems like. Is it like Venom Tombstone or something? Maybe that's what it looks like. Probably. Uh, boomerang. Everyone's favorite. (laughs) He's not as funny as Big Wheel D.
0: Yeah, he's not as fun as Captain Boomerang either. He's just right. Just a dude with boomerangs.
1: Uh, carnage. Uh, he's just oh. kind of a lamer version of Venom, so I, I guess I'd put him at, like, B. Yeah,
0: I mean, well, conceptually, yeah, he he is, it's just like, well, we had Venom, but then people liked Venom, so we made him an anti-hero. So now we need a new villain once, so what if he was just full asshole? And that's Carnage. Um, we'll make
1: an even edgier Venom. Yeah. Avi Arad will cream his pants every night.
0: Yeah. But, that said, I do love his design. I think his design, I like Like, Venom varies a lot. Some Venoms look really cool. Some of them are just too muscly for their own good. Um, but I think Carnage. I mean, well, I guess some versions of Carnage, like the one in this picture, look super cool. Like, 90s Carnage looks super cool.
1: Um. Yeah, I really, I really like Carnage in animation. Yeah. Because the, the way the, the black and, uh, red strands like just writhe is really cool yeah
0: he gets sillier with the tentacles and with like forming his hands into blades and stuff um you know venom just generally tends to stay you know as like a humanoid um even though he can do other stuff uh so carnage is a little more creative um but i don't like you know like the newer carnage where they have like a spiral on his head or something that i don't know what what was going on with that but i don't uh, keep up that much with comics um chameleon spider-man's first villain from spider-man I didn't recognize him. spider-man number one <laughs> nope you can't recognize him with that white face mask he's just a regular person
1: <laughs> I don't know where to put Chameleon, because he's kind of all over the place and everything. Every Spider-Man thing I've seen, mm.
0: I mean, he he's got potential. Um, yeah, like, I I also he, like he's his like a
1: good design, but he's he's like a cool auxiliary villain. Yeah, um, not like a main villain though. So I guess I would maybe put him in B personally.
0: Yeah, like his look is pretty cool and memorable, but. You know, functionally in stories, he is just there to be disguised as, you know, another person. Yeah. And otherwise, yeah, he's just, he's a spy, and that that's all there is to him. Um, yeah. Demi-Goblin, the demon version of, uh, yeah, it, he nev- I don't know if he ever really showed up in any animated things, <laughs> it was, because there was Green Goblin first, and then, and then Harry like Ob- Osborne becoming Green Goblin and then hobgoblin is you know like another version of the goblin although in the, As the, ni- the joker in the 90s cartoon the 90s they ended show. up doing hobgoblin first and then green goblin after for some reason Yeah, uh, i guess hobgoblin was more recent to the comics at that time so the, i guess it made sense to do hobgoblin first
1: uh, the The whole reason I like Hobgoblin in general is just because he was voiced by Mark Hamill mm. in the '90s show.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like I don't know, I prefer like the tattered hood look and the orange to to the purple yeah. and green of Green Goblin. Um, yeah, yeah, he's just, he's, I, I like his design better, and and I like his glider better. Um, but yeah, Demogoblin... I think was just, like, the edgelordy 90s, like, well, we've had a hobgoblin who looked scarier than green goblin, so what if we made him the devil, and he's just a, <laughs> a demon goblin on a firebird he's, that he flies around on.
1: He's like another carnage. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I, I've never seen it interpreted well in anything. So, uh, Dr. Octopus. I mean that—that's like an S rank. I think your volume's down again.
1: Yeah, because I just coughed out a lot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's S. Um, I don't know because he—he he is basically like the closest foil to Spider-Man. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he's got just, a cool design, but also the there's like they've just—they've done so much with him as a character. Think. Yeah.
1: I'd give him S just for the the twenty eighteen video game. Yeah, well, there's that. There's you know he, the
0: two thousand two Alfred Molina Spider Man two. Yeah, one, and even like Spider Verse, you've got that version yeah. of Doc
1: Ock. The, the fucking octopus head hair is great. I can't I can't believe I didn't realize that yeah. bef- before it was revealed. Uh, mm. Yeah i should watch spider-verse again it might cheer me up Mm,
0: uh, let's see doppelganger the uh spider-man from what was i i think it was like the sequel to infinity war uh or in the comics infinity war where there's like adam warlock's evil twin brings a bunch of evil spider or not evil just evil versions of like superheroes from another dimension or something and that so doppelganger is one of those and he just got like Stuck wandering New York, so he just shows up sometimes, this, like, weird six-armed Spider-Man with teeth and shit.
1: Yep. Nobody... And he was never an animated difference.
0: series because he's not worth
1: it. Yeah. I mean, he's really... He's lame. Yeah, it's just another yeah. weird, like, what if we had
0: an evil Spider-Man design? Except we already yeah. have Venom for that
1: right uh electro we put him in d even though i've never seen anything he was in Mm. Um,
0: don't you know he's Uh, all
1: right (laughs) i electro's all right i'd put him in b Mm. Uh, he's not like one of the top spider-man villains i don't think
0: yeah i don't uh, yeah because he you know in the stories he ends up just being like an idiot henchman type character yeah. but i you know cuz i you know i mentioned how sandman you know just from the nature of his powers might actually be like the most powerful uh electro has the potential to be that i mean depending yeah. on the like some versions he's just channeling electricity through his body but the ones where he is like living electricity like that's yeah. ridiculous i mean he shouldn't even I, be alive like- really
1: but I'd like to see a movie where he's got, like, the infamous electrical powers where he can just, like, turn into electricity and go along a pole or something just to get there instantly. Yeah,
0: he just, like, hops into an outlet and, uh, you know, pops out in another room. Yeah. Uh, Green Goblin.
1: I I guess S. (laughs) I mean. Mm. Yeah.
0: I mean, Green Goblin has the most personal history and. Technically, he yeah. didn't get uh, Gwen Stacy pregnant because they retcon that away.
1: Yeah, are we are we including like Green Goblin and Norman Osborn as like one? Yeah, I mean, entity? yeah,
0: I guess you know we could separate because I'm not actually putting any of these in the tier list. I'm just using them as discussion topic. We could separate Norman Goblin versus Harry Goblin.
1: I think they already do. I think I saw...
0: Oh, does the hairy one show up later? Like...
1: There's like a weird pumpkin-headed one. I don't know if that's... Uh... Oh, no,
0: that's um, Jack. I don't <laughs> okay. remember if his name is Jack-o'-lantern or if it's Mad Jack, but yeah, that that's a different character.
1: Okay, in that case, yeah, I don't...
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, like, Norman Goblin has the most history, although Harry Goblin is also, well, Harry Osborne as the Goblin is more personal in that he is Peter's friend, but also a little less sensical. Like, Norman becoming the Goblin usually feels like, you know, a thing that fits his character, where Harry, it's just, like, pressure from his dad. That kind of breaks him and makes him turn to goblinhood.
1: Yeah. Like, Harry Goblin doesn't really exist without Norman Goblin.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Except maybe in the new video game series, depending on how that shakes out.
0: Yeah. Like, Harry Goblin is usually, like, the result of, uh, I mean, just wanting to have, like, a twist. Like, oh, you thought it was this weird shady businessman, but actually it was his son, Peter's best friend. Don't oh, know. Um, or yeah. like, how is the goblin back? I thought Norman died. Well, actually, it's his son. You weren't expecting that, were you? Um, Hammerhead. Uh, He's a mobster. He's got a flathead. Right. Yeah. He's kind of a Dick Tracy villain who just wandered in here.
1: I'd give him a, I'd give him a C. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a step above Boomerang. Yeah,
0: and like a lot of these villains, if they did like a good movie interpretation, that could really bump them up a few notches. But they just yeah. haven't had like,
1: like, like even even the DLC and the the Spider-Man game from a few years ago. Like Hammerhead was just okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, I, like it doesn't help that like he is just a dude in a suit with a flat head.
1: Yeah, he's. He's he's Tombstone, but only on his forehead. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Like even Tombstone I mean, at least has a skin condition to make him more memorable. Where, you know Hammerhead he's just like a gangster from like a nineteen twenties yeah. gangster movie, and he just yeah. has this I, weird shaped head.
1: If, if I didn't know he was a Spider Man villain, I would assume he is a Dick, Dick Tracy villain.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hobgoblin, we've talked about him. He's cool.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd go A just because Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like I know, like his secret identity is just usually a lot of weird bullshit because they couldn't make up their mind who it was, so they they gave him like three different identities in the comics. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know his like design the Joker. Is, yeah. Um, Hydro Man. Uh, he's like Sandman, but wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: He'll make everybody wet. Yeah. yeah, he makes Mary Jane wet. <laughs> he, he really does. Yeah. I'm so glad that plot point was followed up upon.
0: Yeah, and I never really realized that he... I, I don't know, I guess there was some issue with putting Sandman in the 90s show, and so they did Hydro Man instead. And that's why Hydro Man that, gets featured so much, because it's the stuff that would weird. have been
1: Sandman stuff. I wonder if he was just hard to draw. I don't know. I, don't,
0: I mean, it seems like you could just do it the same way and just paint it yellow
1: instead of blue. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't know. If Sandman... Like, I know Sandman in the comics, like, for a while became, like, a hero. Uh, so maybe he, you know, had, like, appearances in some other series and that made it so they couldn't use him as part of the Spider-Man rights for some reason. Maybe.
1: Did he put villains to sleep by giving them concussions?
0: Maybe, I don't know. I know I, I had a comic as a kid that like the the f- the front like the cover story is Spider Man going into the microverse, um, but then it also had like a short story about Prowler. Um, that was it. Wasn't like him as a villain. He was. I think it had like more of a, like a samurai ish thing to it. But there was there was like a Prowler short story there was a rocket racer short story and there was one about sandman and the same you know sandman in it was like the good guy in the story uh uh, okay this next one i think is the jackal uh the guy responsible for the clone saga
2: d Mm. yeah
0: because it was like you know, I, Green Goblin, who knows what was going on with him at the time, but, you know, Dr. Warren, whatever his name was, the the doctor behind the Clone Saga, who was just a dude who had this, like, weird obsession with his teenage students, Gwen and Peter, uh, and made clones of them, um, I guess they wanted to make him more like a Green Goblin, so suddenly he, I don't know, mutated himself into a Green Goblin. Uh, He looks more like a green goblin than the green goblin, for some reason. But he's the jackal. He
1: looks like the Raimi goblin, (laughs) kind of. Yeah. Except biological. Yeah, yeah. Except that's his face. Power Ranger suit. Yeah.
0: Um, jackal lantern slash Mad Jack slash whatever this pumpkin-headed guy's name was. I don't know this one. I only know him from a three-part comic called the Mysterio Manifesto where he was like a secondary villain and
1: i don't know anything he look, about he looks like another goblin
0: yeah i mean pretty much yeah he's just another person who flies around on a disk and throws pumpkins at people um yeah i don't know i guess the, the writers hit big with green lantern or with a uh, green goblin and with decided with green lantern yeah with ryan reynolds with green lantern Spider-Man who then ever. turned to crime and became the green goblin who was so popular that they spun it off into multiple other villains. Kind of like cool. they did with Venom. Um, and <laughs> Carnage and Anti-Venom. And... I don't know. We'll see if the other Venoms show up on here. I-, I like some of those ones. Um, I do not know who this next guy
1: is. He looks like a devil. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like a devil guy with a snake tail. I guess. I, I have no idea. Who that yeah one is. i don't know he looks pretty 90s though he's got like like a wolverine-ish buff hairiness yeah. to him
1: um yeah it's like somebody wanted to design wolverine but made him a snake
0: yeah um i don't know who this next one is either it's like a guy with like a kind of puffy shouldered jacket and a little bow tie and like a spear that glows i guess
1: yeah, I don't know. I can't even see... I can't even tell what's it, what his face yeah, is. Yeah,
0: it's like Gambit with a spear. Uh, we got
1: Kingpin next.
0: Uh, S? Mm. Or A? I mean, Kingpin got bumped up pretty far. I mean, usually... I guess, like, he's done some good stuff in the Daredevil stories. But Spider-Verse alone, really, like, pushes Kingpin yeah. up, and I, I wouldn't have rated him as highly before Spider-Verse. Um... Unless we're counting, like, Daredevil versions. But. But, yeah. No, I think the Spider-Verse version of Kingpin, definitely. Uh, a lot of other versions of Kingpin, like, eh, he's, he's fine. But. Yeah. I don't know. They've done some good stories with Kingpin. Yeah, uh, your volume.
1: Yeah, just ignore me. <laughs> Let's move on. Well,
0: <laughs> I just want to make sure that people hear you on the recording.
1: No, fuck, fuck the people. Mm poor listener they don't know me um craven the hunter uh i don't he's got he's such wide variety of good and bad um, i feel
0: yeah he i mean he's a very campy character who sometimes gets very serious stories despite being a campy buff
1: dude who wears a lion vest yeah he, he's he's cool and lame at the same time
0: Mm. we'll see what happens when aaron taylor johnson plays him in craven the hunter coming soon from sony pictures uh they've just confirmed that the rhino is one of the villains in that craven solo movie and that he's going to have like a not like a robo suit it's going to be like a guy who actually does like I don't know if it's, like, a a suit that he gets sealed inside of, like, in the comics, or if he's, like, gonna mutate himself to be part rhino or something.
1: Yeah, the rhino's never not gonna be kind of weird.
0: Lizard is the next one. Uh, I mean, he's kind of basic, but they do some inter Like, there's that Jekyll and Hyde element of right you know the doctor who tries to cure himself and turns himself into a monster
1: yeah i mean he's he's good because um he's one of those characters that is part of peter's life yeah like he that, can have you know,
0: a genuine personal relationship with peter that becomes tragic because he doesn't want to become the lizard he just wants to grow his arm back and then that leads to him becoming this monster
1: yeah like the Amazing Spider-Man version sucked Mm. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah it would have been nice if they had done one in the Raimi movies after we'd already had three movies of building up him and Connors
1: yeah like it's especially after um, Doc Ock like, kind of uh, tossed him around in the second one.
2: Yeah. That
1: would have been a a way to open up it, uh, the villain in the third movie. Mm. But we got Sad Sandman. <laughs>
0: yeah, and studio-mandated Venom. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Negative. Yeah. I think you probably know more about him than I... Like, I know he exists, but I haven't played the game, and I know did more in the game
1: uh, well the whole thing with mr. negative is uh, it's also kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing except he's he's just he just has good and bad parts to him like he's a he's like a businessman who runs a, a charity um, or like a homeless shelter mm. uh, but also <laughs> he he's he's a mob boss that murders tons of people and does terrorist acts so okay um, but he's he's similar to the lizard in that he he is part of Peter's life at least in the game I, I haven't read the comics but, mm. um, yeah I
0: mean I didn't know that he like wasn't in control of his negative side
1: well like he's it it's it's weird like it's not fully a, a second personality but it it's more like he tries to separate them personally so he's like a two-face um,
0: kind of a character
1: yeah he's he's like two-face if except of like the literal two-face that batman actually fights he's he's more He's he's a better metaphor for somebody being two sides of the same coin because hmm. like he he does good and he does bad. Um, yeah, I
0: mean like his aesthetic kind of does seem like a like human yin yang symbol.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's a that's a whole theme too. <laughs> actually, hmm. uh, I mean I know
0: he's Asian, so I assume that's like you know intentional yeah, I, to have the yin yang is like his whole
1: deal if i remember right he's an immigrant um but i don't i don't remember exactly like in in the game it's like i I think he went to new york as a child and like uh norman osborne like experimented on his parents and killed them or something and uh that's why he wants to get back at norman osborne Um, but Spider-Man had like to go. Himself. Basically, yeah. Um, basically, in the, in the game, like every main villain has a problem with Norman Osborn. Mm. Um, okay, so it's like Tony Stark in the MCU, kind of. Um, except uh, Norman is genuinely evil. Yeah. Um, but the the whole point of Norman is in that game is that uh, all he really wants to do is cure Harry harry's illness Mm. it's like a rare illness that uh his mom uh, slash norman's wife died of but
0: he can't Um, because all he can do is turn people into dinosaurs
1: yeah exactly that's all he wants to do Yeah. yeah he's pretty good i'd give him an a okay uh molten man Whatever, he goes next to Hydro Man. Yeah,
0: uh, pretty much. It's just another element. You know, they, they put him in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. He is one of the holograms of uh, yep. big elemental whatever the fucks that
1: Mysterio beats He's up. He's the least memorable one.
0: Yep. Yeah, because at, le- you know, at least Hydro Man had that role in the 90s cartoon because they couldn't do Sandman. But Molten Man's never really gotten the chance to be the lame elemental villain. Of a thing, unless it was a later cartoon. I yeah. never, I never really watched any of the cartoons after Spectacular. Um,
1: was was Sandman not in the '90s series at all? Because I remember him being there at some point.
0: He might have been. I, I I don't know. Actually, I, I'd have to look.
1: Um, I don't. I don't one hundred percent remember, but. I, I don't know where I would know him from before the Raimi movie,
0: otherwise. Mm. Uh, Morbius. It's time.
1: More like Morb-E-S, mm. because he's s frank just for the meme.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's cheesy. I don't know. The, the 90s version making him have those sucker hands, because they weren't allowed to just have him bite people on the neck makes him scarier and that's somehow more menacing yeah, it's, it's more disturbing that you've got these weird little mouths in your hand than uh that you're sucking plasma with instead of just <coughs> biting plasma. people like a vampire which you know we, we're all used to by now that's you know vampires have been around for so long yeah. um morlan i think he's the vampire fucker from uh spider verse comics the one who travels the web know. eating the spider totems, because uh, obviously, yeah, Spider Man's greatest villain would be a vampire.
1: I don't really know him, but I, I want to put him in C just because he's a spider fucker.
0: Yeah, no, it's just, it, it's one of those weird, dumb ideas from the comics that's never really translated to other mediums. You know, like, they did Spider Verse. Yeah. For the things people like about Spider Verse, which is different versions of Spider Man from different universes, but they completely yeah. left out Morlan and the weird vampire cabal of Spider Hunters because because
1: nobody really yeah you know, why shit. would
0: Spider Man's villains be a bunch of vampires? He's a science based superhero, not a like mystic supernatural based superhero. Uh, Mysterio, yeah. I give him an S because he's my favorite, because he's got this silly little crystal yeah. ball on his head uh, and a big purple cape and all kinds of illusion shit, and uh, yeah. yeah, like I love how his design is like it can go magic or it can go sci-fi and it's just, you know designed in that kind of way, like even from his first appearance, he presents himself as like a magical villain that he's got a crystal ball for a head with these little eyeball clasps and his you know big cape and these swirly mists and stuff but then as he's fighting spider-man they like fight across a sci-fi set and it's you know yeah like a, a stage and it's intentionally you know like yes he's he's got this bubble helmet he kind of looks like a 50s era you know sci-fi flash gordon character um So, I don't know, that's fun. They just got this, like, blend to his design. Which, some of the other versions, you know, like the the Spider-Man 2 video game played more into the sci-fi thing. Like, I think in that one they just said he's an alien. And he, like, you know, has a head inside of his crystal ball that's like a three-eyed, you know, weird-looking thing.
1: Well, uh, Quentin Beck in that one is a, he's a Hollywood special effects artist. Yeah. Um, and then when he makes up Mysterio, they call, they say he's an alien. Yeah. And he, he does the whole 50s sci fi, like with the, the weird, um, whatever that, that was it, the, the theremin, Yeah. Uh, like, woo, yeah. woo. And, uh, Yeah, You know, like, spaceships and robots. uh, Yeah, because usually he'll present (laughs) himself as either an alien
0: or a mystical thing. Or, I guess, in Far From Home, he's just a superhero. You know, they're playing more into the Kate part of it. It's like, yeah, he looks like a superhero design, so we're going to, you know, pretend that he's a superhero from another universe.
1: He can't be a superhero, though. He's got the evil colors. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got too much green and purple, but in far from home he's, you know, he's wearing gold. So they, Yeah, you know, they gave him gold armor so he wouldn't look immediately evil.
1: Um, um prowler, prowler. Uh, he's he's good. Yeah. Um in Spider-Verse. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, I always thought he was cool in like the 90s show, but uh, Spider-Verse put him up to another level by, you know, the the personal connection with uh, miles
1: yeah i don't think there's ever going to be a better version of prowler just because of how good just how how good that one was yeah. how, how they integrated it into miles's story
0: yeah i mean like they've set up donald glover to play him in live action in homecoming but uh i don't know if that's ever going to pan out and I don't know that it would be as it's, good as Spider Verse either, because yeah, you know, that that one just did so good with uh, integrating him into the personal story of it,
1: making him the yeah, Uncle I, Ben I mean, from Miles. If if we get a po- if we get to a point where the MCU lasts long enough, where Miles can actually be a Spider Man, <laughs> uh, then maybe. I I doubt it though. I, I feel like. As time has gone on, Donald Glover has been less and less a candidate for <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah. Like any type of Spider Man stuff. Like yeah, I know he was in Homecoming, but that was that was in like twenty
0: fifteen. Yeah. Um The Rhino. Uh
1: B. He, he's cool. I guess. Mm. He's not Yeah. He's just a big, dumb tough guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've read some good comics involving him, where they actually get into his personality and how he's, you know, just a big dumb guy, but, you know, that's that's fine. That's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I've never really liked his design that much.
1: Uh, Sandman. Uh, the best part of Spider-Man 3. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, we, you know, we wouldn't even really think about Sandman much if it wasn't for Spider-Man 3.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's he's the the best villain in spider-man 3 and there's a lot of them um and he is the second worst villain in uh no way home yeah because he he shouldn't be a villain yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because he shouldn't have been there
0: yeah um scorpion the only one worse was lizard Mm, by the way
1: because he he was completely useless and didn't do anything. And at he all. was
0: cured in his own movie, so he had no reason to be there. Right. Except for them to uh, slowly approach, doing Sinister Six, and then back out at the last minute. Yep. Uh, Scorpion.
1: Uh, I like Crazy Scorpion. Mm. I like like unhinged, just like. Basically, an animal with a high tech robot suit.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I've always liked Scorpion. Um, I liked him in the N sixty four PS one game where you pick up every piece of furniture in J. Jonah Jameson's office and throw it at Scorpion. Um, and you know, even just like in like the '90s show and stuff. Like it, it's it's fun that Jameson is so bent on making spider-man out to be a villain that he literally makes a villain to fight spider-man and then you know doesn't really feel bad about it because it's jameson uh volume
1: uh i said i really like him but mostly aesthetically Mm,
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah now like you know like his old his classic version is cheesy but it's fun the like the green spandex suit with the stripes and stuff um but also, yeah. you know, like, the, that N64 PS1 era where he was, like, blue and had, like, all these sharp edges and stuff. Like, it still looks pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't really like him in Spider-Verse, though. When they had the Latino it, scorpion who has a scorpion body. I just yeah, I don't really like the that weird was, legs that he had. In that.
1: It, it, was, it was a little too weird. I agree. I didn't hate it. It was... It was a cool mix-up, if not memorable. (laughs) Mm.
0: Uh, scream. I don't know this one. She is one. So in um, I mean, I mainly know her from uh, there was a Super Nintendo game, Spider-Man Separation Anxiety, which is a sequel to Maximum Carnage where there's uh, this foundation gets like they, they kidnap venom and extract part of his suit and use it to make these four other I think
1: four four oh, or five other symbiotes it, and it's one of the venom babies I remember. yeah
0: like she's much. probably the most memorable looking one you know uh, to the point that she's actually gotten like a solo series in recent years that was okay hmm. uh, I don't know I do like her design of like, Hot Lady yeah. Venom. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I like I like that the 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 image they chose for this list looks like basically just hot girl. Yeah. So that I like that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, cuz
0: uh, it's like more kind of like a Carnage who's yellow and it has just huge 80s hair. But also it's symbiote hair. Nice. Yeah, she's like yellow and reddish usually um shocker <laughs> I'll follow you to the ends of the earth yeah shocker's great uh,
1: yeah I love I love shocker he's a mess yeah. he, he's I mean he's uh, bottom of the yeah, barrel he, like he, yeah of he's lies, just but. a
0: one note henchman guy but he has like his suit is so spider-man-ish that it looks cool
1: yeah um He's he's like the the joke of us putting big wheel and s at the beginning. Yeah, uh, he's he's like the best version of that joke where he's actually enjoyable.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really do love Shocker just like the look. Yeah, of Shocker.
1: I love I love Shocker and the uh, the the movie games from the early two thousands like mm. PS two. Yeah, uh, he, because he's he's uh. got he's got such a. Like Spider-Man and Black Cat make fun of him so hard, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, about um, his suit being too padded and pillowy. Yeah, um, uh,
1: Silver. Uh, like, I think. <laughs> wait, one one War more. I, I think my favorite line from from that uh, is in Spider-Man Two. Uh, uh, Spider-Man and Black Cat finally stop him. Mm. And uh Spider Man's like, uh Black Cat walks away Spider Man's like, Hey Shocker, what do you think? And <laughs> Shocker goes, I think my career just hit an all time low. <laughs> Spider Man's like, Oh well, who cares what you think? Mm. Uh it, it's it's probably not great uh as a recitation, but in um after the big boss battle it, it's pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> uh his next Silver Sable. Silver Sable. She's all right. <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like I don't know that much about her, and also yeah. she's she doesn't really feel like a Spider-Man villain, really. Like, yeah, I mean, kind she's of a like black incidental. Cat. Yeah, like like she's you know sometimes help sometimes villain. Not really villainous. I don't know. She kind of feels like she belongs in Shield. If she isn't actually in Shield. Yeah. She's more of that side of the Marvel
1: Universe. Yeah. I mean, she's in the 2018 game. She's good at it, but not. Yeah. Not like one of the best five characters in that game.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's just not really integral to
1: Spider Man stuff. Yeah. Uh, Alistair Smythe. He's cool in the 90s show, and I haven't seen him in anything else.
0: Yeah, like, I think that there was, like, an amazing Spider-Man video game on Wii U. And, you know, other systems, that's the one I played it on. Uh, and he was the villain in that, and he he's just a scientist in that. Um, you know, without the weird laser tentacle arms, he's not really memorable. Uh, with the weird laser tentacle arms, I mean... I don't know. That this is like some mild body horror just to looking at him, but it is yeah. also
1: interesting and cool. He's 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 like Venom with an actual skin tone. Yeah. Uh. Like j- just to look at him anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. Cause he's just like
0: a guy who's you know got mutated by weird chemical. At least in the cartoon, it was weird yeah. chemicals that mutated him.
1: I think he might have. It, it bought, like bioengineered himself. Uh, I don't remember, though. Yeah. Like, his, his backstory.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember like he was in the w- hover wheelchair thing, and his dad was the scientist who made the Spider-Slayer robots.
1: Yeah. and Yeah. And then his dad died, and he blamed Spider-Man and not Kingpin for some reason.
0: Yeah. And then Kingpin's like, hey, get naked and dunk in these chemicals and grow <laughs> some weird arms and stuff, and then you can have your revenge. And then he did. Kingpin you...
1: would be into disabled porn.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. So then we got the spot, uh, who is kind of in the big wheel shocker category of someone who's so weird and silly that uh, I kind of love him actually. Yeah. Like I'm. De- I'm interested to see what they do with him in the new Spider Verse movie because just looking at you know like images they've got kind of a slender man look to him in uh in this new version because he's just got like really skinny arms and legs i don't know i have a feeling from the latest trailer he's he's he might be the main villain of the movie but i don't think that's going to be like the focus of the movie
1: that would be so weird i think he's just like the
0: the villain who you know sets miles off on you know this quest that leads him to meet the other spider-man and then you know probably some division between spider-man or between miles and spider-man 2099 is going to be like the main conflict of the movie
1: yeah um but, I don't really have many thoughts on Spot. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. Spot is, it's definitely a, a character who can only exist in animation, but they can do some yeah. fun things with portal powers in the, the right. animation.
1: Um, uh, Tombstone. Solomon Grundy. <laughs> mm. He makes good uh, pizza.
0: Well, he makes yeah. okay pizza. It, it's it's fine discount pizza. Yeah
1: uh i mean aside from what was it spectacular spider-man like there's Mm -hmm. not much to say about him he's kind of just another like big dumb strong yeah uh, i mean in
0: spectacular spider-man he was the kingpin because they didn't have the rights to the kingpin right um in 90s spider-man he's more interesting as a foil to robbie robertson is that's right guy who had a history he's like a a gangster and that you know like he knew robbie when they were younger and robbie's you know trying to get away from uh him and you know his influence and that the gang stuff but yeah like robbie's son i think gets wrapped up in it and ends up working with tombstone
1: yeah yeah that's what it is yeah, like an actual, like, human-level story. Yeah. That was cool.
0: Yeah, so, uh, let's see. Toxin, I assume. I don't know, it's another Venom who came
1: after the It comes the 90s. after Tombstone, so I'm gonna assume that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know, we'll see when the third Venom movie comes out and introduces, a you know, their version of Toxin, if I give a shit about Toxin, because... Talk, you know, if Carnage is Venom two, Toxin is Venom three, and yeah. I don't, I, I wasn't reading the comics in the two thousands, so I don't know what Toxin's deal is, except that he's like Me a neither. police officer who gets turned into a Venom, or something. He's he's like the spawn of
1: Carnage, but yeah. Um, okay, I, Venom. I haven't seen him in anything. Venom, Venom. Yeah,
0: I mean, Venom's top tier. In the you know he is like a you know intentionally he's, perfect foil for Spider-Man.
1: He's really cool. He's just way overexposed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, pretty much everyone in the comics has been Venom at some point.
1: Yeah, like he, like like he said, he was scientifically designed to be a foil to Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, it's and it's Spider-Man's old that. clothes that he broke up with. Then attach themselves to another reporter for the Daily Bugle to get revenge on him. And then, you know, just was such a cool design and, you know, developed so much as a character that he's, you know, had his own series. He's, you know, an anti-hero most of the time. If
1: if he didn't have to be in every Spider-Man thing ever, I'd like him. (laughs) Mm. Well, I'd like him more. I don't dislike him.
0: Let's see, the second to last one I don't remember I think I know this character, I don't remember his name.
1: It's gotta start with a V. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's between Venom and Vulture. Oh, Vermin? I think it's Vermin.
1: Let's let's go with that.
0: I want he is the weird little freak from uh Craven's Last Hunt who is like dragging women into the sewer and eating them alive because edgy
1: that's not cool
0: yeah i don't know he's a weird little fuck and then craven captures him and has him in the prison cell and is like hey spider-man i'm gonna murder this guy if you don't stop me and then spider-man stops him because that's what spider-man does even though this is like a fucking monster that just rips people apart
1: like, I, yeah, don't I I think at some point you you just go with the Batman begins route of like you know what, I don't I don't want to kill you, but I don't have to save you either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like yeah, that edginess of comics of like, Oh, we're gonna make something so evil but also show that the hero is yeah. going to overcome it and never mind all the people who got mur- lot, murdered murdered yes. along the way.
1: I- I think it, I think when it comes to like murder cannibals, uh, you can just you yeah know, just just, just let them die. It's fine. Yeah, more people it's will fine. live that way. If yeah. Killer Croc died, what would the world lose?
0: Yeah, I mean, if it's a character who has like no humanity left to save, then you don't need to try to save them.
1: Um. Yeah. And Vulture. Guys. Uh, He's either really boring or really interesting, depending on the writing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Homecoming did a lot of good stuff for them, mostly because it's Michael Keaton. Um, but most of the time he is just an old man who dresses up in a wingsuit and robs banks.
1: Yeah. He, he's one of those, like, Sinister Six filler slots, just because he has a, he has a unique power set in that he can just fly yeah where like aside from like the goblins not many spider-man villains can fly
0: yeah and he like, he's from spider-man amazing spider-man number two so he like he was around before the goblins ever existed he's you know one of the earliest spider-man villains
1: when all the spider-man villains were animals
0: yeah well yeah because yeah, issue number one had chameleon uh issue number two had vulture in the tinkerer who was working with aliens who were later retconned to actually just be people in suits who just happened to have a ufo um and then issue number three was dr octopus i think um i don't remember issue four exactly but i know in in like the first 20 issues a lot of the classic spider-man villains were introduced
1: yeah uh but that's the list. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep, that's our hour long discussion on Spider-Man villains that filled out the rest of this
1: episode. I I'm disappointed in this list because it doesn't have the wall. Mm. No, but I mean we got the spot and we got Big Wheel. Yeah. B- Big Wheel's a good addition. Mm. It also doesn't have Swarm.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It also doesn't have that robot woman who was living in a cave under the water where Mysterio was keeping her alive. I don't know if she ever did anything outside of the animated series, but I do remember her. Um, She wanted to steal Mary Jane's it face.
1: It doesn't have Auntie May. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Aunt May's stint as a
1: villain. It doesn't uh, have Judas Traveler. Oh, God. Um, who else doesn't it have?
0: Mm, I mean, it doesn't have Tinkerer.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about it's, that, but like... It's, I mean, he's it's just Tinkerer kind of a guy, guy like, but so yeah. is Hammerhead, so... But I mean, Tinkerer was in the, the Miles Morales game,
0: yeah. so... Yeah, I mean, Tinkerer, he, he was in issue two of the comics, he was in uh, Spectacular Spider-Man as... You know, th- there was Chameleon Head quentin back and tinkerer as his assistants and then quentin went on to become mysterio in season two yeah uh, and he was also in uh homecoming he was one of the guys working for vulture
1: right yeah is are more things than you would think i guess yeah he's just not that memorable yeah like that. i mean it's
0: it's easy to slot in villain who makes robots
1: and stuff yeah alistair smythe <laughs> yeah
0: it's like the Baxter Stockwell of Spider-Man villains, except he doesn't yeah. turn into a fly.
1: He's not Jeff Goldblum hmm. or
0: Stockman. I don't know oh, it, TMT TMT it, stuff that well.
1: It's it's Stockman. I just wasn't gonna correct you because okay. so small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, if we I, did I a did TMNT
0: watch... villains list, I would know Shredder, and Baxter, and Krang, and. And I get you know uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, and the rest would be maybe I recognize them from a video
1: game. I'd probably know a decent amount, but not not a lot at all. Yeah, because I I did I did watch the like early two thousand show, um, for a while until it got
0: crazy, mm. and it's just you know constant shell puns.
1: Yeah. It's a shell of a town. Mm.
0: <laughs> what the shell, but, dude?
1: Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I actually did watch uh, the Batman and Ninja Turtles movie. I oh, that, one, that one's good. yeah. Yeah, it, it's... it Like, uh, th- there's like one moment where Shredder just kills a dude, mm. <laughs> and then the rest of it is just very... Uh, you know, like cowabunga! We're fighting the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, know, I mean,
0: but wasn't there like blood in that too? I think.
1: I know it I gets think... like
0: weirdly violent at times.
1: There's, there's the part where uh, uh, Batman's interrogating a foot soldier, and uh, Shredder just throws a star like into his forehead, mm. and the guy d- dies with blood. Yeah. But oh, and uh, Donnie's arm gets broken by uh Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Um, that that was kind of graphic, but it it's it's not as bad as some other things I've seen. Mm. Uh I remember that because uh Robin fights Baxter Stockman and Baxter Stockman is basically like, look, I'm not actually with them. I'm basically a hostage. I give up and then he he like vomits <laughs> and uh faints.
0: Mm yeah uh, also that Spider-Man list left out uh, the big man that classic yeah. Spider-Man villain the big man
1: yeah um, and also
0: Montana and that whole cowboy themed gangster group the enforcers
1: I, I don't remember that at all I'll be
0: honest yeah they're also classic characters who showed up in the early comics and I mostly know because they had like a couple episodes of uh, spectacular Spider-Man or the enforcers, or some of the villains.
1: Oh, Jade, do you know who isn't on this list? Mm. Avi No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, right. he's produced some good Spider-Man stuff, even if he doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Well, I I think he his his name has a. Pro- a producer credit on like every spider-man thing in the past 30 years yeah i mean i think he but, like
0: got the exclusive rights to it at some point and has just been holding on for yeah. dear life
1: but like i don't think he actually does much yeah. <laughs> aside from like cram venom into things
0: yeah yeah um, no i think he like got the rights in the late 90s or something and has just been uh, yeah you know just pushing out more projects
1: yeah uh, all right, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I want to go to sleep. Mm. Well, I want to eat something. Well, I want to take a shit and then eat something and then go to sleep. Mm. Uh, so, yep. Uh, I think we're done here. No, okay. I hate to. I hate to cut it off like that, but I'm. I'm just. I'm just done.
0: No, I think we got a full solid episode here. So, uh, <laughs> you go take a shit and uh, we'll talk to you in two yeah.
1: weeks. Yep. Yeah. Goodbye, audience. Uh, don't don't think about me taking a shit. Mm. It's not pleasant.
0: Yep. Yeah. Bye, Eugene.
1: Bye, Eugene. <laughs> That's the worst way to end the podcast.